Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. All right, let's turn to Luke chapter 1, Luke 1 in our Bibles. And um, this typically is a passage you only read at, at Christmas time. But uh, if, if that makes you happy, we'll have Christmas in August, if that makes you feel better. And, uh, but this, we're, we're not looking at Christmas. We're looking at another important illustration of PowerPoints. We've been on a study called PowerPoints. What are those? Those are moments that come sometimes very unexpectedly. And I want you to get this because this is important. These are moments that seem to happen. They seem suddenly on earth, like, like we use these phrases like, boy, that came out of nowhere, or how did that happen, or you were just at the right place at the right time. But when we look in Scripture, there's a word used, suddenly, suddenly. These things that seem sudden on earth are not sudden in heaven. These divine intersections, these PowerPoints, these places where God's power, that's the power... God's power shows up in the life of very common people. How many of you would say, well, I'm kind of a common person? How many common folks in the house? All right. All right. Well, there's some uncommon people here today. I'm kind of nervous. Are you above common or below common? Let's try again. How many kind of common folks? You're common. I didn't say you're ordinary, just common. We're common folks, all right? And the thing about these PowerPoints, they happen in God's timing. Some would say timing. And they happen in God's purpose, a purpose for your life. You see, God's plan for every one of us. He has a plan for everyone. Are, are you thankful for that? You're individual. You're unique. You have a plan. And in that plan, there are moments that you're going to need something more than your ability to get to the next level. There are going to be seasons where you've done all you can do and that's not enough. But that's okay. Because the purpose God has for you always includes God's provision for you. And so at these key moments, when like you're going through the motions, you're just walking through life, but you're being faithful. I won't ask you to repeat every word, but that's a big one. Say faithful with me. See, you're being faithful. It just seems like another day. It just appears as if you're walking through an ordinary time. But because you've been faithful, God has something ordained for you. There is an intersection. There's a divine moment that God does something only God can do and allows you to step into that next season in your life. Can I give you some good news today? You're not stuck. You're not stuck. You're not limited. You're not trapped. You're just moving to the next PowerPoint in your life. There's a suddenly with your name on it. Something is going to change dramatically, powerfully because God honors your faithfulness. So you need to be prepared. So we're going to look at this moment in Mary's life today. <clears throat> we're going to begin reading in Luke chapter 1 and and uh, let me turn over there and verse number 26, Luke 1, 26. Um, this was the moment, i tell you what I'll do. Let's read the whole account and then we'll go back and look at some points. I'll begin reading in verse 26, Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I I'm a virgin. Good question. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, pardon me, your relative is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be barren 
is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Now, this probably says, okay, look, you've got, got my translation. Good. That's the good translation right there. Okay. For nothing is impossible with God. Many other translations says, uh, the word of God cannot fail. No word of God can fail. We'll come back to that. Nothing is impossible with God. No word of God can fail. Verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Now, this would be a PowerPoint. Would you agree? This young girl in a common village is going about her business, and an angel shows up. What would you do if an angel showed up at your house? A lot of people tell me, oh, I wish I could see an angel. But you know, almost every time in Scripture, an angel showed up in someone's life, the very thing happened that Mary did. It scares the socks off of people. Uh, you know, and, and so I always wonder, some people tell me about these encounters they had with God and it just seemed pretty ordinary. Listen, when God walks in, it's not ordinary. Come on. When the angel shows up, it rattles the cage. How many hear what I'm saying? I mean, when's the last time we need some more shock and awe in the church? Somebody say amen to that. Come on. We need some encounters with God that aren't ho-hum or like everybody else. Yeah, every once in a while, every one of us need, need to have an encounter with God where we're, it's so real and powerful and mighty that, that we, the fear of God kind of rises back up in us again. How many can say amen to that? So, so this was a PowerPoint, a divine intersection, unplanned unscheduled on earth but planned by God in heaven so I want you to notice a couple of things I want you to put yourself will you do that in Mary's place I want you to step into this moment I want you to walk through this with her because what she encountered is everybody listening to me what she encountered you can encounter today now I didn't say you're going to conceive and have a baby hallelujah thank you Jesus but what she encountered you can encounter today. How many of you say amen to that? I believe that. So I want you to walk through this with me. So let's go back to verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel to Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Now, we've studied this some, but let me remind you. What does this mean here when we begin reading? We just take up this account. In the sixth month, in the sixth month of what? Was it June? No, that's not, he's not talking about our calendar. In the sixth month of what? Of her relative Elizabeth's pregnancy. Her relative Elizabeth had been barren. She and her husband were older. They'd never been able to conceive a child. And God stepped into their life and miraculously enabled Elizabeth to conceive. She's carrying a child who will be John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ. But at this moment, you have to get this, Mary was unaware of it. Mary did not know. And so we read here when this PowerPoint, when this uncommon God stepped into a very common life, it was in the sixth month of something that would affect her. Here's what I want you to start with today. God is already moving toward you even when you're not aware of it. God is already moving a plan into your life and you don't even know what he's doing. Our problem happens that because we can't see it, we don't believe it's happening. Because God didn't tell me about it, we don't think he's moving. Can I tell you today, you're already six months into a miracle that you haven't even seen coming to your house. You're praying for someone to get saved and you don't know what God did six months ago to send a witness into their life and cause them to begin to think about something they haven't even been thinking about. Right now you've been worried about your job and you don't even know that six months ago maybe or eight months ago or a year ago or three months ago someone's already looking at you in a different way. Something you did out of faithfulness has already caught someone's attention. Is anybody hearing me right now? See, God is moving before I know he's moving. That encourages me. God is working even when I don't see him working. Do you know why you don't know what God is doing right now? Because if he told us, we'd mess it up. You know you can't keep a secret. You know you think a secret is what you tell one person at a time. A secret's what you don't tell. If God told you what he's working on in your life right now, you'd run and mess it up before you got home today. In fact, you would pull your phone out right now. And... 
It would be on Facebook. You'd make a TikTok sitting in your seat. You'd be... He can't tell you. He can't tell you. Because, listen, do you know why he can't tell you? Because he doesn't need us. See, if God told me what he was working on, I'd go to work and start helping him right now. Tell the truth. You know you would. And so I'm excited today to know that you and I are in Mary's shoes. That right now we're unaware of what heaven is doing to intersect our life and change a situation that we think is impossible right now. So we start there. So I want you to see this. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, the town of Galilee. So the angel comes to Nazareth to Mary. Nazareth was a small little hick town. It was on the backside. So, so let's not talk about anywhere any of us could live. Let's think about, uh, it was in, uh, oh goodness, I got to be careful here. Well, some county in, in, in southeast Alabama. We don't live there, okay? So some little hick town down in southeast Alabama. Or let's, since we're Alabamians, let's pick Tennessee. Some little hick town in the mountains of Tennessee. Come on, how many with me? Sorry, ball fans. In a little nowhere place. It wasn't on the main road. Are you with me? They didn't even have a McDonald's. Nazareth. Nazareth. Mary. A teenage girl. God loves to do uncommon things in common places. God loves to drop into North Alabama. In Lawrence County. In Morgan County. In Madison County. In Marshall County, DeKalb County, Coleman County, Lawrence County, Tennessee. See, I hadn't forgotten my folks. See, God loves to come in places that others might not think the awakening can happen. The revival might not launch. You don't have to be in Los Angeles and New York and Chicago and Atlanta and Miami. Can I give you some good news? God loves to do uncommon things in common places with very common people. God delights in taking the things that earth discounts and doing something that heaven counts. What earth discounts, heaven counts. What earth overlooks, heaven recognizes. Common people in common places, God chooses. Why? Because he gets the glory. Is that good enough for us? Is it good enough for God to get the glory? He uses those others might not use. Insignificant places. The good takeaway from this is God knows where you are right now. God knows who you are right now. He's aware of what's happening. And I want you to notice this. I, I just want to say this because I think the timing's appropriate. And, and, but I want to, I want you to see Mary was a virgin, the Bible says. That was part of her faithfulness. She'd been faithful to God. She'd been faithful to herself. She'd been faithful to her fiance. And gentlemen, young men, might I tell you, Joseph was also a virgin. Do you know there are some alternatives to abortion that you can't vote on in a political party? It's called virginity. It's called honoring your stand before the Lord. There's some choices you can make with your body before you have to make other choices with what you do to your body. It's called being a virgin. Now let me help you with something while I'm here. Because I saw some people happy and some people sad right then. So let, listen to me. There are some people sitting in this room listening to me and, and you made some choices and did some things with your virginity that you wish you could take back. There are some choices you made. Some people took advantage of you. Some people told you that love and sex were synonyms and they're not. Some people made you a promise and they broke it. Some young men thought you had to prove you were a man. Some you ladies were taken advantage of. Some people took that for some of you before you were even emotionally old enough to know what that meant. But here's the good news for you today. Is that you can claim a second virginity in your life. And see, now you know who you are. You know that your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. You know what the truth is. You know your value. You know how God looks at you. You know how you're holy and righteous and redeemed. You know that the past is the past and the enemy is a liar and God is a restorer. And you have opportunity to look at yourself now and rise up and walk in a virginity between you and your Savior. A holy purity that God will honor. 
honor. I'm telling you, this world has its alibis and its standards and, 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 and its excuses and its groupings, but we still have a God whose word is true. And when you honor that word faithful, I can tell you, you gain the attention of heaven. Mary had been faithful. See, what we need to understand that her waiting, her faithfulness was preparing her for something that was greater than she even knew about. Somebody say amen to that. So let's, let's, let's just keep reading. So <clears throat> we read here verse 28. The angel went to her and said, greetings. You are highly favored. Now twice he speaks of the favor of God. The Lord is with you. Now, the Lord was with Mary in a greater way than she even imagined. Maybe you today as well. Verse 29, we we refer to this. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this just might be. But I want you to see what he says to her. The angel said to her, Mary, do not be afraid. You found favor with God. Two times he talks about favor. Two times this word favor. It's been a while since we talked about favor. Let me tell you that when there is a PowerPoint, when God sees faithfulness, listen to me, faithfulness leads to favor in your life. Faithfulness will position you for favor. Pastor, what is favor? The Bible talks about the favor of God. Does anybody want the favor of God on their life today? This is what favor. Favor always connects to the purpose of God. There are moments when God will bring favor in your life because nothing but favor can get you to the next level. Favor is like grace. You don't earn it. You just receive it. Favor is when God steps in and, 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 and brings his timing. If you want to experience favor, why did Mary experience favor? She wasn't even asking for it. She wasn't even praying for it. But she was being faithful to God where she was with what she had not knowing God had a plan that was about to intersect her life and in that moment there was going to require something more than Mary had all God asked you and I to do is be faithful and where he finds faithfulness God releases favor in that situation there are people that others look at and there's no explanation for how they are where they are in their life except the favor of God came on them. See, favor is when a release of God's power and his provision meet you at a place where unless favor comes, you couldn't get to the next level in your life. See, favor will position you. Someone say position. Favor positions me. Favor protects me. Favor is like a divine current that picks you up and carries you from where you are to where God's designed that you can be. Favor, the favor of God. Uh, in Joseph's life, he had this dream. He had this, this plan for God. And yet he had been mistreated and he had been maligned and he had been falsely accused. And he finds himself in a prison. But the Bible says in that prison, the favor of God came on him. Do you know that favor can take you from where man's locked you and release you into where God wants to promote you? What does favor do? Abram had a promise for God. You're going to have a son. He went 24 years being faithful and then the the Lord visited him and said, Abram, Abraham, I'm going to have favor. One year later, he and his wife had their baby. Favor will take you where life can't take you. Nehemiah was praying. He was the cupbearer to the king, yet he was burdened for Israel to go back and build the wall. The Bible said favor came on him. Not only did the king let him go, the king paid for the wall to be built. Come on, someone say favor. (laughs) Okay. Now, Esther was the queen, but you couldn't go before the king unless he invited you. But God said, Esther, you've been put in the kingdom for such a time as this. She prays and fasts and walks before the king, and she found what? favor and he said whatever you want you can have favor changes everything Ruth was a foreigner and a widow and followed her mother-in-law Naomi back to Israel and they were so poor they had nothing to eat and she's out in a field you heard it preached this last weekend picking up handfuls that were left over but the Bible said favor came on Ruth are you listening to me and when you live your life in faithfulness God puts favor and one day you're a homeless widow 
scrounging scraps and before the story's over you're married to the man that owns the field and those that used to be over you now you're over them favor will flip your whole life upside down now you got to understand there's some people that resent the favor of god in your life how many are with me because they don't understand it. See, Joseph began with favor. He was his father's favorite. His father put this beautiful coat on him, which probably wasn't the smartest thing you'll ever do. How many parents know you shouldn't show favoritism to your children? I know that one may be trouble. I know that one may get on your last nerve. But if you'll love him equally, he may become the preacher. <laughs> He may become the apostle. You can't shut him up. You need to stop trying to shut him up and just turn his talking into the right direction. He can't help talking. He's anointed to talk. (laughs) That little girl that you think, she's got such a strong will. You don't need to break her will. You need to steer her will into the things of the Lord. Quit trying to pick your favorite and bless them in the name of Jesus. You've got Esther's and David's and apostles and prophets and teachers and evangelists and women of God, men of God running around in that house. They don't know who they are yet, but God will bless them and they'll see it someday. So Joseph had favor, but listen to this. You got to understand that if, if I, I have to tell you this, we got to move on because everybody wants favor, but I need to let you know what comes along with favor sometimes. See, his brothers began to resent the favor on his life, right? They became insecure because of the favor Joseph had on his life. In fact, they, 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 their issue was not Joseph's dream. Their issue was their place in Joseph's dream, that he was over them. How many with me? Now, you know, it's, it's ridiculous to get upset at someone else's favor because all favor does is give you what's yours. It's not going to take what somebody else. So when you get jealous because favor's on somebody's life, it's not logical because all favor does is give them what God planned for them. It's not bothering what he planned for you. See, if we get insecure because God blesses somebody, we don't understand how God works. How many with me? I'm trying to help you with. In fact, they got pretty aggressive towards him. They said, we're going to kill this guy. We're going to take his life. We, we can't stand it. He's too blessed. Have you ever... Come on, I know nobody in church here has ever struggled with that. Come to church and hear somebody's testimony. And you know, you walked out and go, well, I tell you. I don't know why God blessed them. God ought to be blessing me. That's why he hadn't blessed you yet, because you don't know how to rejoice when he blessed them. Well, you know, I've been praying longer than they pray. They're brand new to the church. I'm a pillar in this church. How come God did that for them? He didn't do that for me. You don't know favor. Because favor is not because you earned it. And whatever God does for somebody else doesn't hurt you. It's only their stuff they're getting. They're not getting your stuff. Every time you see somebody, why has it gotten quiet all of a sudden? You were amen to me better a while ago. Every time you see someone blessed, you ought to say, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. My God's blessing people. Come on, some of you still look at me like, you know those faces on, on those iodine bottles back in the, some of you look like that right now, but I love you anyway, and I'm going to keep preaching, all right? You, you know, see, so they became aggressive because of his favor. But let, think of this. You've got to understand how favor works. You've got to rejoice with one else's favor. Because here's what happened. Their, their, their anger, their aggression became illogical because they were trying to kill the dream that would someday save them. He's the one that fed that family and saved them. See, they, what they didn't understand, Joseph's elevation became their preservation. We better, okay, I'm going to stop with that. Just go on to the next thing. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. See, see you, you, you need to understand God's blessing. Somebody else may help you get where you need to go. <laughs> Somebody testifies, you ought to be waving your hanky at that testimony. Come on. You ought to say, yes, thank you, God. Bless that sister. Bless that man. He got a promotion. Hallelujah. That was his promotion. God's going to bless me. See, it, it goes on. We, we need to rejoice in those kind of things. See, do you remember Joseph? And I'll say this and i got to stop. Joseph was saved. Remember when the Ishmaelites were coming by? And they pulled him out of the pit and said, let's don't kill him. Let's sell him like a slave. Do you remember Ishmael? Ishmael was Abraham's mistake. 
But favor comes on your life and God will take the mistakes of your life and make them bless you when the right time comes along. Okay. So we, we ought to understand and thank God favor. Favor came on Mary's life. Now, let's look at verse 31. What did the angel say? You'll be with child. You'll give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great. He'll be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. In other words, what he was saying is that, Mary, what I'm going to do is bigger than you. This PowerPoint, this divine intersection is so powerful and needed and dynamic that it's going to bless the world. You understand God wants to do something with your life that's bigger than we are. Can we say amen to that? See, they got favor and blessing and the anointing did not come just so Mary could have a child. Favor, blessing, anointing came so the world could have a savior. God wants to walk into the ordinary and do something supernatural. God wants to take the common and do something uncommon. Why? Because he wants Jesus to come. He wants people to see Jesus. He wants to reveal Jesus. Look at verse 34. Common, expected. Verse 34 is the question. There's always the how. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. I'm a virgin. How? Do you know if you've never asked God how, you've never heard him tell you how big his plan is for you. How many just heard what I said? It's okay to ask God a question. God wants to do something in your life so dramatic, so dy- maybe not dramatic, so dynamic, so supernatural, that when you sense what he's doing, when you sense your purpose, you're going to say, how in the world? How can you do that with me? How can you use me, God? I'm too old. I'm too young. I missed my chance. I missed my opportunity. You called me when I was a teenager, and I've run from the call of God. I wasn't faithful. I missed this. How? How? When God begins to move in your life, you're going to say how because he's going to show you something that's greater than you are. But we ask how, but God always has the same answer. (laughs) Look at verse 35. He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. How does God do what you and I can't do? The Holy Spirit comes on us. How does God take the common and do something uncommon? The Holy Spirit comes on us. Church family, our hope, our strength, our life, the the reason we keep believing is the Holy Spirit comes on us and God does what we can't do. He comes and clothes us. Look at this scripture in Luke chapter 24. I want you to see is how God does his work. It's what he told the early church. He tells them, you got that Luke 24? I want you to see this. And it's verse number, you got it, Luke 24, 45. I know they'll pull it up. Oh, look. Then he opened their minds so they can understand the scriptures. Watch this. Next verse. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. He's getting ready to ascend back to heaven. They're wondering, how are they going to build a church without Jesus? They're wondering, how are we going to do what you said? How are greater things going to happen? How are we going to lead this if you're not here with us, Jesus? And here's the answer that he gives to everybody in every generation and every century. What he said to Mary, he said to them, he says to you and I today. He said, repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Then he says this, you're witnesses of these things. Verse 49, I'm going to send you what my father promised, but stay until the city till you've been what? Clothed with power from on high. How, God, will you do these things? The Holy Spirit comes on you. How, God, will the church be the church in this generation? The Holy Spirit comes on us. How will young men and women walking in the schools that we have today live their life for God? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. How do you go to college and keep your faith strong and become a leader, not a follower? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. How are you promoted in the marketplace when when unethical things are forced at you because you keep your integrity and you walk in faithfulness to God and the Holy Spirit comes on you and God will promote you when no one else is going to promote you. God will put favor on you when no one else is going to put favor on you. How will I leave one season of my life and go into another season? season of my life. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. God, I didn't ask for this. I didn't see it coming. We always love to believe a new and better season, but sometimes the next season might not be the one you would choose. 
And how are you going to make it through the hard season? The Holy Spirit's going to come on you. God's going to be with you. He's not going to leave you in this moment. Look at the rest of this in verse 35. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Here's what happens. What happens when the Holy Spirit comes on you? The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born be called the Son of God. When the Holy Spirit comes on us, the power of God comes on us. Church family, I want to tell you today, the same Holy Spirit that anointed the early church is available to anoint the church today. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will overshadow you with power today. The same Holy Spirit that was on Peter and Paul and the apostles as they preached the gospel rests on you today. The same anointing, the same power that was in that early church rests on his church today. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be intimidated. We don't have to worry what's going to happen. We don't have to say things like, I hope I can hold on to the end. I hope that we can make it. I saw something the other day written by a, a national leader about what the church will look like in 20 years and he was bemoaning the fact that the church would even resemble what it was I'm going to make a statement today for 20 years, 50 years 100 years until Jesus comes back, if God is for us who can be against us if the anointing is on us we will do the works of God, we will do the things Jesus did, he said in John 14 and greater things in these I am confident, I don't care who the president is, I don't care what Congress votes on, I don't know who's the Supreme Court. I don't know who the governor is, the mayor is, the politician is, your mama, your daddy, your next door neighbor, who's the coach, who's not the coach. I know this. In this world, you may have trouble, but Jesus said, take heart. I've overcome this world. I believe the power of the Most High will come upon us. The Word says we're sin abound. Grace does much more abound. The Word says in our weakness, His strength is made perfect. Basically, I say this. Whatever the devil has, God has something better. Whatever we face will be something greater. I prophesy Calvary Assembly will outlive me, will outlive you and your children. And your children's children will stand and preach the gospel and reach North Alabama and touch the world and prophesy. That's what I see coming in the future because... The power of the Most High will rest on the house of God. Come on, let's thank Him for that today. Thank you, God. Power. Power that's greater. Power that's able. That word power is is the dunamis word. Oh, listen. It, It means this. It means ability, inerrant power, power residing within. Do you know residing in you today is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead? It's power in action, not theory power. It's active power. (laughs) Listen, I love this. Don't forget this. It's moral power. Excellence of soul. It changes your character from the inside out. Everybody with me? Power for miracles. Power in or upon armies. It talks about force. This, This power has force like an army. And you know... You may not have the riches of this world, but listen, one of the biblical definitions of this power is power which belongs to riches or wealth. It doesn't mean that necessarily you're going to be rich and wealthy, but everybody talks about, well, you know, it takes money to make money. Come on. In other words, who, who, he, they say the new golden rule is he who has the gold rules. Well, let me tell you something. There is a power that God puts on his people. That's as strong as anything money can do. That's as powerful as anything wealth can do. And I believe God can anoint a church. And that church can do things that people thought only money can make happen. I'll tell you this. Over the years, we faithfully followed something God told me in the storefront. He said to me one day praying. He said, you need to make me a promise. Early days. Little storefront building. He said, if you will take care of people. That no one else cares about. I'll always take care of you. I said, okay, God. I promise you we'll do that at Calvary. I believe we've faithfully done that over these years. And we continue to try to do it to the best of our ability. And so that's what we've done. At Calvary, we have such diversity in this church. We have 
generational diversity. That's one of our distinctives here. How many are thankful for generational diversity? This isn't just grandma and grandpa's church. It's not just Midler's church. It's not just a baby boomer church. Not just a millennial church. It's not just a Gen Z church. It's a church. It's a family of God. We're racially diverse. That's one of our distinctives here that God has done and is doing in this church. But we're also a socioeconomically diverse church. And so we, we have every range of, of, of finances. Many, many people that we've helped and blessed and come from nothing. And so one day a pastor told me, there's another pastor in this area. He said, well, and, and I know the demographic makeup of this church. I know the socioeconomic makeup of this church. He said, well, we, we used to say, I guess all the rich Pentecostals go to Calvary. <laughs> and I said, well, I sure wish they'd start tithing if they were coming to this place. Because I've never seen that $100,000 check. Come on, how many with me? So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying this. To try to understand what God has done in this church over the years from the human viewpoint You'll never figure it out. Because what God said, even if you don't have the wealth and the riches, you have the power of what wealth and riches can do. And I'll make it happen if you don't have what it has. How many hear what I'm talking about? Now, right now, i I, 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 I got to tell you something. We, we've got a building we need to build right next door here. I'm not going to take an offering. Relax. I'm helping you understand something. See these two... 45 degree angle walls, that one there and that one there, right back there. Those weren't in this building originally. We never planned to meet in this building originally for worship. This is a multi-purpose building in our master plan, moving from Beltline and Cater. But it took 10 years to sell that property. Didn't see that one coming. But guess what? God gave us grace, didn't he? And here we are. So we finally sell it in 2019. In 2020, we roll into COVID. Oh, okay, thank you for that. So what we need to do is build this next-gen building right here. For our children, our students. How many can say amen to the next generation? Because you know what we need to do? I, I, like I said, this thing's going to outlive all of us. We're going to raise up our children and our children's children. And I pray they're bigger, greater, mightier, do things. I want them to stand on my shoulders and build the next thing. I don't want them to keep. I want them to do greater than we did. Now listen to me. So we got to make that happen. I said, well, why would you talk about these back walls? Because we had to put those in to put in nurseries and classes and office. When we build that, we can knock those walls out and we can have more room in here. So we need to get that building built. The last time we, we this, this year, we're, I'm just praying, believing whatever I can do. Our leaders, our deacons, our pastors were praying, God, help us get this done. We've got to get this done. We, we did an estimate on the building. It had gone up over $2 million from the original estimate. You know what it costs to build right now. And, and if, when I saw that estimate, I have to tell you, it, it was not fun. Because it hadn't been able to kick it off at the old price yet. But here's what I know. God has a way to walk into a moment and do a PowerPoint at Calvary Assembly. He's done it before and he'll do it again. One of my original deacons, Bob Doak, Bob's in heaven, his wife Edna's in heaven, his daughter Pam and her husband Skippy are in this church. We were wrestling. We started a little storefront and all the decisions we made about money in that storefront, I hadn't planned to do this. Somebody needs to hear this today. This is a Holy Spirit moment. Are you listening to me? It's a Holy Spirit moment for your finances in this church. So the decisions we made were, I remember the whole first year, our entire income for the whole first year was $53,000. That was everything. Beg, borrow, steal, plead, everything. That was it. So we made decisions about hundreds of dollars then. You with me? In board, hundreds of dollars. We got to moving along. We're building the, the big auditorium on Beltline. Man, we're praying and wrestling, talking about that in a board meeting. I'll never forget Bob Doak looked at me. He said, you know, Pastor, it's the same thing as when we're in the storefront. There's just more zeros on the end of it this time. I said, well, Bob, you're right. There's just more zeros on the end of it. That building just got more zeros in it. But it's the same thing we've always done. Because we've served the same God. And he says, you know what? If it needs to happen, I'm the God that can make that happen. There's power like wealth and riches. You need to stop worrying how your children, listen to me, I'm, are going to go to college because there's power on you. 
That's the same power that wealth and riches will generate. God will do it. He's Jehovah Jireh, the provider. So we're going to agree together this morning. The power of God is going to favor God's coming on us. We're going to do what God has called us to do. Take the next step in the face of impossibility. And if God be forced, who can be against us? I believe it's time to see something shift in your home, in your finances, favor of God for our church. Come on, how many believe God's able to do that? We're going to do it. He's going to do it. Come on, let me wrap this up. Let me wrap this up. I just I need some people believing with me today. How many believers in the house today? Come on, we're not going to stop. We're kind of full in this room right now. How many believe some more folks need to get saved? Some more children need to hear the gospel. Some more students need to make it happen. We don't need to stop because we're out of room. We need to build to the glory of God. God's going to help us do it. Amen. We're going to do it. We've done it before. God's going to do it. The power of wealth and riches rests on Calvary Assembly. Rest on you and I. And God will do it if man doesn't know how we're going to do it. God, you know what I believe? I believe God's already working. I believe a few months ago something's already moving, stirring. I'm prophesying in the heavens right now. It's about to intersect us, take us over, make a way. In fact, man, I didn't plan any of this. I want everybody's got a financial need. Stand on your feet right now. Stand up. You got a financial need. You got a financial need. Dear Jesus, this is how come we need to pray, I guess. You got a financial need. You got a financial need. I want to agree with you right now. If your wife or your husband or your family is with you, grab their hands. If there's a friend, you can grab their hand. If you don't know them, leave them alone right now. I don't want to mess with the moment. Just listen to me right now. I'm going to pray over you. I believe there's an anointing on this right now. It has come spontaneously. It's not in my notes. It's not my plan. But the Holy Spirit says he wants to break something open for you right now. I want you to pray with me right now. I want you to receive this. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, I decree from one place across online in this room father there is the power of the holy spirit that comes upon the people of god this power it works inside of us in our character it releases the miracles of god it is the force of an army it is power in action and it is the power that comes with wealth and riches god we are not here grabbing a dollar we're believing for the power of god we're believing for the favor of god i speak today that you will move the mountains, that you will separate the limitations, that you will elevate them with favor, that there will be jobs and better jobs, there will be raises and bonuses, debt will be paid off of them, there will be increase in what comes in their hand, there will be income from unexpected sources, it will not come due to laziness or indifference, but faithfulness will position the family of God for the favor of God, the favor of God will produce the fruitfulness of God, it will be released upon them I decree the power of the Holy Spirit to release financial breakthrough to release the all that is needed and more than enough I declare right now something is released in the heavenly something is shifting on earth because heaven has moved we declare the financial me need met not only is the need met but you're the God of more than enough you will show yourself mighty and we will give you the glory father like mary this financial breakthrough is not a selfish prayer it is not for us it is for the kingdom we will see it happen and it's bigger than us god we thank you we declare it we walk in it we will be faithful before you and see the hand of god the power of the Holy Spirit overshadows us right now in Jesus name amen 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 let's thank God for that thank you Lord hallelujah 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 thank you God I need to show you two things and we'll be done okay I'm going to help you I want to show you this look, look at this how does it happen how does Mary who's a virgin have a baby by herself see she said I don't have the capacity in myself to produce that answer that's what she said by myself I can't conceive but God said you don't need a man you need God you don't need what earth can do 
You need what only God can do. You understand? And he says that happens when? What do we read? What happens? When does that happen? The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Overshadow you. Now let me tell you what's going to happen with you because we pray. Go to Acts 5, 15 through 16. Put this up here in your Bibles. Look at this. This is the same word used that was used here in Luke 1. Watch this. Here's a picture of it. This is a, I want you to get this. It's important. Because we keep looking at the man, we need to look at God. Watch this. Same word. Same word. Only used three times in the Bible. Same word. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets, laid them on beds and mats, so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Just leave that there. That word shadow is overshadow, the same word that's used right here. Now, can you imagine? They laid these people out on the sidewalk, just hoping that that's the way he would walk to the temple that day. And they lay them over here, you know, on this side, because the sun's on that side, right in the shadow. Here's what you need to understand. You've got to get this or you're going to miss this moment. Really, this miracle of the shadow of Peter healing these people, listen, had nothing to do with Peter. It wasn't Peter that healed him. It was the shadow, the overshadow. Are you getting this? Everywhere, this is what you got to see. Peter walked, the shadow walked with him. Everywhere he went, he was overshadowed. It wasn't Peter. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. It was the overshadowing. How does a virgin conceive the overshadowing power of God? You listen to me. When you walk out of this building today, in the name of Jesus, you will be overshadowed with the power of the Holy Spirit. And everywhere you walk, the cloud walks with you. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? So we need to stop worrying that somebody see me. And we need to just make sure the shadow is with us when we go. We're overshadowed. Peter walked along. He was overshadowed. They thought it was his physical shadow, but it was the overshadow of the Holy Spirit. When this begins to happen, come on, we're going to write, wrap it up. Look at verse number 37. Four, I'm going to read it from four translations, okay? I did this for you, all right? This, this was the original NIV translation. What, what, what did the angels say? What happens when the Holy Spirit shows up? What happens when power overshadows common life. Come on. God does what? Perfect power for whom? Imperfect people. Come on. Everybody say, this is for me. This is for me. You know, you're going to walk back in a situation this week. You're going to walk back to work tomorrow morning where the devil's been running around, but you, you and the shadow are coming in tomorrow. You and the cloud, say the cloud, me and the cloud are walking in tomorrow. You're, you're going to walk in your home and somebody may not have been happy you came to church today, but when you walk in the house, the cloud is going to walk in the house with you. When you walk and work, the cloud, I'm praying and prophesying over our children when they go to school tomorrow. Some clown has said you can't pray in school. Some clown. Has said, I don't, and I don't take it back. But, but it doesn't matter what the clown said. The clown's going to walk with him in the school tomorrow. You can't stop the clown. All right. <laughs> NIV. What happens with the clown? Nothing's impossible with God. Here's another translation. We got, okay, this is from the Amplified. For with God, the clown, nothing is ever impossible. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. The angel said, I gave you the word. And because I spoke the word of God, nothing is impossible. Come on, read it out loud. Oh, go back, go back, go back, go back. Read it out loud with me. Come on. I want to hear you say the word. Say it with me. For with God, nothing is ever impossible. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. My God, I wish. Come on, go to the next one here. For the word of God will never fail. One more. No one promise for God, from God, is empty of power. Oh. For nothing is impossible with God. Just leave that up. No, not one promise from God is empty of power. For nothing is impossible with God. Now, please don't go, but I want you to stand. It's early, kind of. Stand. I want the worship team to come. Come on, stand. We need to do something important right now. 
to, to lock this down. We need to do something important. God's taken this and, <laughs> and run me 13 directions today. And I'm happy with it. I believe it's what God wanted. See, no, no, no. Leave that last scripture back up there, please. There you go. Look at this. I want you looking at this. Not one promise from God is empty of power. Not one promise. Have you got a word? You got scripture standing on something? You got, you're praying for something? Have you got scripture? Have you got a promise from scripture? Not one promise is empty of power. Not one promise is empty of power. You need to speak that scripture every day when you pray over that situation. Because not one is empty of power. Why? For nothing is impossible with God. Now, holding on to that, reading that scripture, looking at that. I'm, just leave that up there. I'll read verse 38. Leave it up there. So the angel tells her what God's plan is. And he tells you the way this plan is going to happen is the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of God, the dunamis, becomes a cloud on your life. He said because God can't lie. No word is without power. Nothing's impossible with God. And then Mary had to do something. Are you listening to me? Mary had to do something. She says, I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. One translation I like it says, may it be to me according to your word. Come on, say that. May it be to me according to your word. Say it again. May it be to me according to your word. May it be to me according to your word. And then the Bible says, then the angel left her. I believe, I'm sure no angel, (laughs) but I believe I'm a messenger and I brought you the word today. Now I'm going to look at you in the face and I'm going to ask you, what do you say to what you've heard today? What do you say? Let me hear it. What do you say? May it be to me according to your word. God, not my word, his word. What do you say today? Mary said, I agree. Mary said, I take it. Mary said, it's happening to me the way you said. Then the angel left her. You know why? He left and said, okay, God, let's go. When you agree with the word of God, the message goes back to heaven. They're with us, Father. They said, yes. They said, go. The youngest little child that agrees with the word, the angels say to heaven, he's with us. And heaven comes to that child. The oldest grandma or grandpa in this room, when you say, may it be to me, according to your word, that signal in heaven says, they're with us, Father. Let's go. The shadow's on us. The power's on us. We're overshadowed here today. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.